Time now for my daily interview series, Money Talks. If you're a food lover and use social media, you've most definitely heard of Mob Kitchen. Founded in 2016, this online cooking and content platform has grown exponentially since creation, with a mission to help young students and professionals prepare restaurant-quality meals on a budget. From secretly flyering on his delivery bike to making home videos from his kitchen, Mob founder Ben Liebus has grown a brand with well over a million social media followers and published four best-selling cookbooks. And here he is on our latest Money Talks guest. It's Mob Kitchen's founder, Ben Liebus. Good to see Ben here in the On The Money studio. I referred to your brand as Mob Kitchen, but you're changing your name to... To Just Mob. We've dropped the kitchen. Very, very postmodern. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Why'd you do that? Um, because as the brand has grown, we're, we're branching into different areas. Yeah. We're looking at uh, creating cookware. We're looking at uh, creating tech products and having, um, having more of a kind of a singular name is just going to allow us to be a bit more free with what we want to do with it in the future. So this business started, you, you had the idea for it when you were a student. You're looking at student cuisine such as it is. Uh, you thought there must be a better way. So this is basically an ongoing crusade against beans on toast. I like beans on toast. Exactly. I like beans on toast as well, but when you're... The right you're, moment, yeah, there's seven, nothing better. Seven nights a week, yeah. it becomes a bit of a problem. So, yeah, absolutely. I was at university. None of my mates were cooking. Um, they weren't going to the sites that I, as a foodie, was going to. Jamie Oliver, BBC Good Food. Mm. I could see that their content was not really catering for the younger audience anymore. Um, so when I graduated, I set up a page and a platform to make recipe video content for a kind of a student, young professional audience. Now, you're obviously a very smart guy. You had an idea early. You went for it. I'm sure you had various other options of what you could do in life. Tell me about your state of mind, the, the doubts, the concerns countered by the self-belief and the drive that actually helped you get this business off the ground. I'm sure it wasn't all plain sailing. No, it wasn't. So, I mean, yeah, whenever you go into a business, I think that the key thing is that you are, you know, resolutely certain and mm. focused on that one goal and that one idea. And I think that with that certainty, it can pull you through all of the difficult moments. But yeah, absolutely. You know, it took me a year, a year and a half to really establish the audience and establish the business. The revenue stream is branded content. So we work with clients who feature their products within our videos that we then show to our audience. Um, and that revenue stream didn't start for, you know, eight, nine, ten months. I was lucky enough to be able to move uh, back home with mum and dad. Mm. Towards the end of the period, dad was basically saying, you got to get out now yeah, and yeah. Um, leave the nest. So I... Uh, On your way, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, Tough love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which worked, though, because, yeah, you know, it may, it, I had to really show a lot of tenacity to pull the platform to the place where it needed to be in order to be kind of operating as a smooth business. Well, you've used an important word there, if I may say so, tenacity. A saying I often use is that all, because it justifies my really strange personality, <laughs> all progress is down to unreasonable people. That's certainly true in journalism. You've got to be obsessed, you've got to be driven, mm. you've got to be focused, you've got to be a dog with a bone to land those really big stories, to pursue those campaigns, yeah. to seek out that information that nobody wants you to get in the public domain, except almost everybody, except the firms or whoever it is that you're attacking. I'm sure there were many times as Mob Kitchen, now Mob, um, was getting off the ground, hitting the ground, getting off the ground, where a lot of people mm. said, you, Ben, look, you've got all these opportunities. You're obviously got a great education. You know, just join a bank, just do this, do that. 
you had to be really stubborn and unreasonable. Yeah, totally. And I think that word obsessive is definitely one that, you know, friends and family and colleagues now have used to, you know, describe uh, my focus and drive to kind of, you know, keep building Mob Kitchen to the next level. Um, and yeah, I think it's a very important attribute if you are going to want to create something that is as, you know, as big as you hope it will be. Now, let's get a little bit more technical. Bear in mind that a lot of our listeners and viewers won't be, you know, tech gurus like you, uh, me, for instance. Um, tell me about how you have used social media as opposed to just the Internet to build your business, so Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest of them? Yeah, so I mean, our whole business model uh, relies on audience size. So the bigger the, the bigger the audience size, the bigger the clients, uh, the bigger the commissions. So the whole mission from the beginning was building that audience size as efficiently as possible. And then when there wasn't any revenue coming in, you had to find ways to kind of hack that growth organically. And that is where social media can be incredibly powerful. You have the power you know, in your own hands, in a phone or in a laptop to create a page, create a brand name and a logo, start uploading content, sharing it and, you know, build your audience. And so, you know, being able to share it with your friends and asking them to share it with their friends, you can create this kind of ripple effect. And that's incredibly powerful that in this day and age, you now have everything that you need in your hand to be able to create a brand and a business. And, you know, it was all through social media. I now have a full-time team of 30 people working for Mob, um, and it's all from that. Wow. And so when you use social media effectively in old money, your customer base is doing the marketing for you. It's like word of mouth on an enormous scale. Absolutely. That is exactly it. And, um, you know, as long as you are, I think as long as you are focused on maintaining, you know, real quality of content and you are upholding the principles of the brand. So, you know, our key brand principles are that we make really affordable, accessible food that anyone across the UK can cook, that they can go to the store and pick up the ingredients with ease, come back home and whack a lovely dish together. As long as you're kind of upholding those principles, then the power of your audience to carry on kind of evangelizing your message and telling other people about your platform, mm. you know, is huge um, and really, yeah, again, kind of allows that ripple effect to occur. You began in 2016, so obviously the business was well into its stride by the time we got to spring 2020 and lockdown. What happened during the pandemic? Certainly in my life, I ended up cooking a lot more during lockdown. I mean, as a journalist, I was out and about a lot during lockdown because we we're an essential industry, believe it or not. Yeah. But a lot of people did cook more, and I guess Mob Kitchen benefited from that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, more people uh, were cooking and more people were online. So actually for us, it was kind of the perfect storm um, in terms of for the growth uh, of our business and really catalyzed the audience growth and that kind of thing. And, you know, we felt very privileged to be in a position where when people were struggling um, at home and also, you know, wanting to turn to their kitchens as a way to switch off and enjoy themselves, we were in a position to kind of be able to make great content for them and keep them kind of happy and fed and entertained. It's so interesting, isn't it? Cause, because of course, this pandemic has, for, for obviously, many families be, being tragic, mm. and we're sorry for the loss that people Absolutely. have incurred. We've seen many businesses collapse, yeah. um, people's livelihoods completely destroyed, and yet, and yet, up from the ashes, there are companies like yours that are actually doing really well. You're obviously in sort of junior tech giant territory your business is clearly going to grow uh, that's the consensus that gives you some responsibility doesn't it not just towards your employees but also 
this whole idea that the tech companies, their place in society. Just very briefly, Ben Liebes, what are your thoughts on how the tech giants should be using their power? Um, I think the, I mean, you know, from, from my side and the way that I look at it, I think the thing that is most concerning is just the kind of level of addiction that mm. uh, definitely our generation, probably people a little, you know, I'm 29 now. but Your you know, generation, not mine. Yeah. You're very kind. <laughs> I'm an um, old man. <laughs> the way that they are so kind of like tuned into these yeah. platforms. And I think definitely, um, you know, I guess we're a bit more media, but definitely the big tech platforms have a responsibility to... Uh, I guess, yeah, introduce features within their apps that allow people to switch off and take a step back because, you know, whenever you are at a dinner or a meal with someone who is a bit younger now, it is slightly terrifying seeing the way in which they're glued to their phones. Well, in my experience, cooking for my kids, there's nothing like making a really good meal to get them to put their phones down yeah. and not at the din dinner table. So nice. for that, I thank you. Ben Liebes, all the best with your business. Thank you. The founder of what we must now call... Mob. Mob. <laughs>